What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to the National Football Show, Dan Silvio. So Nick Sirianni was asked a question again today about Jalen Hurts being starting quarterback going into the 2021 season, and he's not there yet still. Now, is here, the one thing you don't want to do if you're a coach, see, I'll tell you something that I don't like what Kyle Shanahan's doing, and I'll get and tied this into Nick Sirianni, the Eagles, here in a second. So he was asked a question, Kyle Shanahan, the head coach of the Niners today. Um, how are you going to use Trey Lance, their number one pick, third pick overall in this past draft? He is going to play. We're going to work uh, plays into the game for him. Okay. Think about that for a minute. Here's why I hate that. So when you're preparing for an upcoming opponent each and every single week, the starting quarterback has to get almost all the reps because you're trying to put a game plan together. So Kyle Shanahan is now going to take Jimmy Garoppolo off the field and off of the reps with the first team 30% of the time. Um, what? Well, 40% of the time? How are you going to do that? How are you truly going to prepare for an upcoming season when you're splitting reps during the week to prepare your starting quarterback for the Rams? The Seahawks. Russell Wilson's getting all the reps. And so Kyle Shanahan pulling that, well, we're going to play two quarterbacks. What's that old adage if you don't? play one guy, you don't have a guy, okay? And to me, that's a problem in how you're going about, look, you may love what Trey's doing in training camp. You know why he's doing well? Because he's being mentored and schooled by a guy who gets it. Nobody ever said Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't play the position. Hell, the guy's got an NFC championship ring from just a couple of years ago, put a team in a Super Bowl, and if it wasn't for a couple missed passes, I think they beat the Chiefs. Garoppolo wasn't bad in that game. He just had a bad fourth quarter and overthrows. And quite frankly, think about it. Patrick Mahomes, if you look at eight quarters of football, Patrick Mahomes has probably played one damn good quarter of football. And that was the fourth quarter in the win over the Niners. So, I mean, Garoppolo can play. But now you've got a coach up there going, well, you know, we're going to try to find an opportunity for the kid to get a chance to get on the football field this year. Man, if you want to put him in there that bad, why don't you just start his ass? I get what you're trying to do. You're trying to create value for Jimmy G at the same time. This is making me think that the 49ers are hearing phone calls or they're hearing people talking that they may be in a position for people to maybe make a move to try to get Jimmy G out of there and to maybe move him to another team. Washington? I don't know. Maybe Indy? Would you do that? Probably not. But, I mean, there's a lot of teams that could use Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, they got to hear a lot of whispers out there that teams are going to be calling them. So I get it, but this stuff that you're doing here with Trey Lance and you're not giving him full reps, that's not something that you want to hear. You want Jimmy G and you want the entire locker room to know we're all in on Jimmy Garoppolo this year. If Trey gets in and makes some spectacular plays, 
He'll do it by merit, not because you're working plays into an offense. That sounds like Urban Meyer stuff down in Jacksonville. Well, we may use Tebow in this particular offense here. And, you know, maybe he can help us out on the goal line. I mean, dude, it's not in Gainesville any longer. And Chris Leak's not the starting quarterback. I mean, it's the National Football League. You got to win ball games with the guy you start the game with. How many times have you ever seen dual quarterbacks in the NFL work? Never. It's never worked. I mean, look at what it did in Philly when you had two guys in the locker room. You had Wentz and you had Foles. And one was better than the other, but people couldn't get over the win against the Patriots. Fractured that locker room. Fractured it. And, and, and people wanted Foles. Get this. After what we've seen with Wentz and how it ended, I don't know if you would have stuck with Foles if that would have been that bad of a deal. You know? Would you have gotten um, a second rounder for a first and a second rounder for uh, for Nick Fulton? No. But Foles did a good job while he was in Philly. Had a year back, too, also, where he had, what, was it 26 touchdowns, seven or eight picks, something like that? Had a pretty good season back in the day. He loved that environment playing there in Philly. Let me break, break it into Sirianni now, though. So Sirianni's now doing this. You know, he was asked again today, you know, Eagles practice. Well, what what about, you know, Jalen, how's his progress coming? Do you see him being the guy? And he's like, well, we're not there yet. We're still not there. Wouldn't it be in the best interest? You know, don't play that coach. This is not college. Don't play that. Don't play the coaching game here. You need to solidify that position. And you need to make the other guys in the locker room feel like you have a guy that you feel comfortable with going into a regular season with. The Eagles do not feel comfortable with Jalen Hurts as their starting quarterback. The rumors with Deshaun Watson, them looking potentially into the draft to try to draft somebody, which they didn't. They took the receiver. You know, and everyone was telling me, well, they're going to give Jalen the opportunity. You know, they'll give him an opportunity. But you think they're going to start him all 16 games if they see this guy falling all over himself and not being able to get Devontae Smith the ball? They'll put Joe Flacco's ass in there as fast as they can. And they'll tell everybody. Because remember something. Jalen Hurts was never drafted to be the starting quarterback for this football team. And the odds of him being that guy are 1,000 to 1. 1,000 to 1. Do guys end up being Brady in the sixth round? Do guys end up being Joe Montana out of the third round? Absolutely. Russell Wilson, too. Absolutely. But more so than not, when you draft a guy like a journeyman quarterback in college, that guy's going to be a quarterback that is going to be somebody that's considered a seatbelt, a safety belt, a a safety device in case your number one goes down. That's who he is. He's a substitute teacher. And I know everyone's wishing and wanting. And Hey, Boomer Esiason likes him. Phil Simms likes him. Joe Theismann doesn't. It's okay. Okay? We're going to get a true chance to see what this kid can do. Personally, I don't think he – I think he's a Band-Aid. I don't think he's – this is not who Howie wants. You put Deshaun Watson on that football team and in the NFC East – here, let me give you my NFC East and how I look at the division right now going into uh, these exhibition games, barring any kind of catastrophic injury. I saw Barkley's back now with the Giants. I've got Washington number one. I've got the Giants two. I've got Dallas three. Dallas hasn't done anything to me or made me believe that they're going to improve on defense. They've done nothing. They drafted a kid from Penn State who looks fabulous. He was a hell of a football player. Parsons is a hell of a player. But you know what? That wasn't really part of their issue. Part of their issue was being a run-stopping in the tackle position. There are two defensive tackles, and I'll say this to you. The Dallas Cowboys, off that 
last year on defense, you needed to replace nine of them, including Jalen Smith, who you gave a boatload of money to and has just absolutely failed all over himself. I mean, when Randy Gregory is impressing everybody in camp, you really don't have a pass rusher. So the Cowboys, in my opinion, are third, and you got Philly fourth. Let me say this. You put Jalen, you put you put Devontae Smith and you put Deshaun Watson in the same huddle, you'll win 10 games, 11 games. Change the entire look of that team if you do that. You put him in that division, he'll win the division, and he'll run the division for the next 10 years. Right out of the gate, you wouldn't say that Dak Prescott would be the best quarterback in that division if Deshaun Watson was in that division, would you? And if you did, you're an idiot. Now, Deshaun may have more weapons, but I would say this to you. You think Zeke Elliott's really the guy still? I don't know. I haven't seen him in three years. You could put his face on a milk carton. I mean, they gave him his money, too. He fell back on his wallet. I haven't seen him since. You know, 50 yards here, 60 yards here. Hell, their backup guy, they get more production out of him. That Amari Cooper kid? Guy's paper mache, man. I saw him in that Philly game with his hand up because he didn't want to get knocked on his ass. That guy's got lack of courage, in my opinion, too. I don't think Amari Cooper's anything. That was a failure pick by the Cowboys going and getting him from the Raiders. And for the record, the Raiders didn't do anything with the pick either. Raiders got all the all those pick for Khalil Mack. They've done nothing with them. They got a decent tight end, above average tight end, and a decent running back. Out of all those picks, that's what they got out of it. So, again, for Sirianni, I would say this to him. Hey, dude, man, if you're really not sold, you're not sending a great message here. Like, watch this. You come to your press conference, first question is going to be about the quarterback position. How's it going? You just got rid of and dumped Wentz. Doesn't sound to me like you had an upgrade there. You think Jalen Hurts is an upgrade from Carson Wentz? I mean, as bad as that guy was last year, you think he's an upgrade? Really? We'll see. We'll see. It's one thing to come in when things aren't on your ass. It's another thing when you're the dude and there's nobody to come in for you. You are the guy that they now have game film on. They saw what you did in that Washington game last year. They're going to put all these new nuances, and it's going to be up to you to be able to go into these games and find the open man. That's the key to this, finding the open man. And get this, you know what comes with that? Patience. Because sometimes the open man is a flaring back, a tight end on a three-yard gain. Then you have to punt. You know, for a quarterback like Jalen Hurts, for a quarterback like even Baker Mayfield, you know who your best friend is outside of your running back? Your punter. Because punting is not bad. Don't give up field position in that game and turn the football over with poor play. Quarterbacks today, when you watch Brady operate in the pocket, Brady sometimes, what will he do? Three straight passes to a back, gain six yards, they're punting. He's so patient in there. Who's the guy that ends up doing this late in the game? Somebody will try to work, work a pass across the seam, interception, field position is now surrendered. Brady's got to go 40 yards. And what has he magically done with Adam Vinatieri pretty much his entire career? Kick a field goal, win the game, point differential in the National Football League. It's three points. Brady knows the game. He knows how to work a clock. He knows how to work the field. All those small nuances. You know, when we used to get our game plan, we would get a game plan, and I'll just use um, a comparison to Tom Brady, and I'll use Joe Montana. I think both those guys, and, and I heard Michael Irvin say this the other day, Joe Montana's not a systems quarterback. Joe Montana made that West Coast offense work. You, you could draw up anything you want on a billboard, or you could put it on a chalkboard. I don't care, but it, you, you could put music notes. You could put song lyrics. It's the performer that makes that work. It's the performer that goes out and executes your vision. 
So when you hear people saying system quarterback, that's some media made up word. How many, watch this. I could draw up 10 great plays. That don't make me a genius. Bill Belichick could draw up 10 great plays. That don't make you a genius. Okay. It's Brady executing him. It's Brady knowing where to go with the ball. That's what makes him great. That's what made Montana great. We would get our game plan when we played, and we played a very, we played a very tight game against the Niners. They won the Super Bowl this particular year in '87. Uh, maybe it was Washington that won that year, but they were in the mix. They're always in the mix back then with Joe, and so we would get our game plan, and we'd get it on Wednesday. Actually, we'd start getting it on Monday, and then have Joe's top ten plays, and it was the plays that would be set up for Jerry Rice or Roger Craig or guys like that. And Walsh loved going to the right side because Montana liked rolling right. He made that incredible pass to Dwight Clark in the backfield, rolling right against the Cowboys. Always a signature play of the Niners. And we all knew this. Black 80 was the audible. Anytime Montana did it, he was changing the plays. And most notably, it was going to go to Jerry Rice. So you have your game plan in front of you, and all week you're studying these plays. But what made Montana so ex exceptional? Like Brady, they would change the plays. Like Manning, they would change the plays at the line of scrimmage because whatever the defense was giving them at that particular moment, they knew where to go with the ball. Do you know how many young quarterbacks I see today don't know where to go to the ball with the ball? Because you know why? In college – you're told where to throw the football. When you're in the NFL, you've got to find out where that open guy is. You, you see Brady do this a lot. 154, uh, 19 of 26, a touchdown, possibly a pick, probably not a pick. But they're all strategically done. And you know what? Brady may win that game or Brady may lose that game but it's always going to be a 60-minute football game. Brady gets you into the fourth quarter because he doesn't do the dumb play. There's no turnovers. That's why when Brady was throwing those turnovers early in the game, early in the season, what had to happen? And again, this goes into young quarterbacks, like the things that Jalen Hurts has to learn. Every defensive guy knows this. When I look at Jalen Hurts, I see a first grader, knowledge-wise, of the position. He's the first grader. He's had one year, kind of, of understanding an offense in the NFL. He's like a first grader. There's certain guys that can burst on the scene, like Dan Marino and Patrick Mahomes, and it doesn't really matter. They change the game. And there's just guys you just go like this. Jesus, criminy. These guys are just exceptional. When Marino came into the NFL and we were watching it on tape and we're watching him play, he was doing things I'd never seen before. 35 yards down the field, plus 25 plays were everywhere. Duper and Clayton, he was throwing the ball 40 times a game. Nobody saw that. Today, everybody throws the ball 40-plus times a game. And Marino just, just hummed it down the field. Then he started seeing Elway do that. Then the game started opening up more. These guys knew where to go with the ball. Hertz is one of those dudes right now. Zach Wilson, these guys are first graders. Hell, Zach Wilson, the quarterback with the Jets, he's in kindergarten. You think that guy knows? That's why he's so confused right now. And Trey Lance, they're putting him in a position to win because he's not getting all the first-team reps. Watch this. They're telling him what to do. Run here. Throw here. They're all designed plays. If it's not here, throw it away. You think they're telling Jimmy G this? If it's not there, throw it away. They're telling Jimmy G. Here's a play. If it's not there, use the progression tree. Your third option is your back flaring out to your side and your tight end coming up the seam. That'll be option three. Do you want to do a 47 and you want to change the play? Make sure the O-line knows out or even. You're hearing all of this on the other side of the ball and you're knowing exactly what's happening. You're going to slide your front to the weak or strong side of the field because you could see it in the eyes of the quarterback. If he don't know what he's doing, you can see it. And you can see it on film, most notably. Guy didn't know where to throw the ball. What do you do? You run confusion. And you know that new defense that a lot of people are doing? 
You know what Jalen Hurts is going to face this year? He's going to face a lot of walk-up defenses. What is walk-up defense? It's a brand-new system because back in the day when I played, you lined a free and strong safety up. The quarterback would come to the line of scrimmage, read that guy, and he knew exactly where to go with the ball. Well, defense coordinators today don't do that. What they do is they put you in a bunch defense. It'll be a bunch defense. And right before the quarterback snaps the football, they'll get to their spots. And it's too late because he has to set the offensive line and he has to set the blocking scheme, odd or even, man, or zone blocking. All of that plays into it. That's why you'll hear guys going up and down the line of scrimmage. Zone or man, zone or man. Guy will go fan block, fan block. It's very complicated in there. It's very complicated. And that quarterback and that center are the components to making that offense work. And when you got a guy like Montana, Brady, Manning, Aaron Rodgers, guys like that, and then you put on top of it the exceptional freaking talent that they have, it makes it even more remarkable on how they get and move their football teams. Quarterbacking in the NFL, I'll give you the progression on how this thing has gone too and why it's so hard. And by the way, the coaching is better today. You know, when when Joe Namath came into the sport and he was at his height, you know, you're talking about quarterbacks that were like in the 50% completion percentage. Most quarterbacks, that's where they were. They weren't at these astronomical numbers. Then you started getting into like the stallback era where it started to get a little bit more where you started to worry about completion percentage. You started to worry about turnovers. Then you got kind of into like the Elway era. John was always worried about, I think he was around 64% completion percentage, which is damn good, especially in that era. Then you got into the Aikman. Troy got, Troy was a highly, highly competitive guy and very, very good on completion percentage. It was around 66, something in there. And the Cowboys, remember how they won games? Imagine this. Your quarterback is almost at 70% completion percentage. Your running back is getting five yards of carry. Your receiver, and Michael Irvin, the triplets, is constantly the best third down receiver in the league, and you got the number one ranked defense in the NFL. Are you going to win games? Five yards a clip, your running back. Play actions everywhere. Your quarterback is completing uh, seven of every ten footballs thrown, and you're running the clock out and your running back is running you off the field. 125 to 150 yards every game. That Cowboy team, in my opinion, is the best football team in the last 45 years because they, number one in defense, youngest team in the league, quarterback was at almost 70% completion percentage, and the running back was five yards a clip. I don't know about you. Well, the 85 Bears, yeah, well, that team won three Super Bowls in five years. Okay, doing that. If it wasn't for the idiotic guys up front, you know, Jimmy and Jerry, that thing would have went on forever. So again, when people are hoping that Jalen Hurts or Zach Wilson in New York, in, uh, New York, these guys burst on and they're going to pick it up right away, no way in hell. It is a process. That's why what this kid Justin Herbert did last year was unbelievable. You see Joe Burrow's now struggling coming off his knee injury. They're saying in Cincinnati he's just not the same because, you know, he he's coming off that reconstructive knee surgery. Well, yeah, you're not going to see the best of Joe Burrow until next year. You're, you're just not going to see that. This guy here, he, he's working on getting back to being a football player. That's where he is. He's getting back to being a football player. So this thing takes time. Herbert, unbelievable. I said that, unbelievable. All right. I also want to hit on a little bit of Russell Wilson today. Russell Wilson made some comments today. Yeah, man, me and Pete. and We'll see how this year goes and everything. You know, everybody's really excited here with the Seahawks to see what the Seahawks are going to be able to do. You know, I, I got to tell you something. That relationship, as good as people are saying, I'm just wondering if that football team fails this year to get to an NFC championship. 
and how that's going to unfold. Pete Carroll, 70 years old, okay? If you don't win now in Seattle and you're not in the conversation now, hey, by the way, you think that Seattle team is better than the Seattle team that won them Super Bowls and those NFC championships? Actually, Super Bowl and NFC titles. They won two straight NFC championships and were a Malcolm Butler great play away from having two in a row. You think the team that Russell plays on right now is better than those teams? I don't. You had Marshawn Lynch running the ball. You had a defense that was lights out. You know, you had that phenomenal secondary. Russell Wilson's got to be looking at it for what it is right now. Don't you agree? Watch this. I don't know. I mean, has the team gotten better since we went to those two consecutive Super Bowls? And the answer is no. The defense has walked back a bit. The running game is not anywhere near to be seen, really, compared to, I mean, this Rashad Penny kid that they drafted out of San Diego State was a complete bomb. And they really don't have a running attack since Marshawn left. I think it's going to be pretty interesting to see what happens at the end of this season. Make it to an NFC Championship game, probably get a hall pass for another season between Carroll and Russell. That thing flames out this year. They're like 9-8 and eight or something like that. And they're not in the conversation for the NFC Championship this year. I think you could see a wholesale change there, including the quarterback going somewhere else. Because Russell Wilson's got to look at it and go like this. There's nothing here. There's nothing here. So I think there's big pressure on him this year. All right. What does Tom Brady have to do for this Buccaneer team to repeat as Super Bowl champions? We'll hit on that next. You keep it here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. They're strong 
And then there's Army Strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Silio, National Football Show. Appreciate everybody coming aboard. I don't know, man. I've been getting like a lot of requests for this. Like the Terminator. The Eagles. They will win seven games this year. It's terrible, isn't it? I'm 430 pounds. No, I don't I don't know. No Arnold? No. Not very good on impressions. Not good, right? Anyway. So I'm gonna hit on Antonio Brown here in a second, too. I'm hearing great things out of Buccaneer Camp, but I want to throw this at you here because I was asked, how do the Bucks repeat this year? Completely different than what happened a year ago, right? When it came to the pandemic and all the circumstances and preparation for an upcoming NFL season, everything's going to be pretty much back to normal. And I say normal in the fact that you're going to be going through a training camp and you're going to be going through exhibition games. So this is going to pretty much be back to routine. And I think this is going to help a lot of coaches out. I'll tell you something too. There's no question. Coaches are creatures of routine, right? Bill Belichick has been doing something for 50 years. Last year, with the pandemic, the postponement of games, you know, practicing. You know, the NFL played a game on every single day of the week last year, first time in league history because of the pandemic. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, they had a game on last year. At some time during the season, they played a game. Unprecedented in league history. And we're all creatures of habit, routine. Okay, everybody gets into a routine and coaches are notorious for this. So you're steadfast, guys. You know, we, we, we were talking about, um, you know, Cal was talking about my guy. Cal was talking about his Penn State uh, football team. And last year they didn't have a very good year. Why? Well, pandemic, lack of routine. There were a lot of coaches last year that fell all over themselves with the speed bumps. Hey, Saban, once again, powers through it. Nothing was going to stop, Coach. He didn't deviate off his routine. And if he did deviate off his routine, Coach Saban made sure that he had a game plan going into the regular season. I think Nick had a great game plan. This is what will happen if we have postponements. This is what will happen if I have to miss the Iron Bowl. This will happen if I have to miss a game because of COVID protocols. You'll coach this. You'll be here. That's why he's got phenomenal assistant coaches. You think those phenomenal assistants that he hires like Bill O'Brien to replace guys like Steve Sarkeesian are just by happenstance? That guy's brought in there because of cases that there could be some issue that he's not there. He doesn't want to ever miss a beat with his football program that you don't know and the players don't know what to do. It's a routine. We had a routine at Miami. It didn't matter if it was Howard Schnellenberger, Jimmy Johnson, or Dennis Erickson. We had a routine that was set in place, and whoever the head coach was, the head coach was. We went out and won football games. We just went out and won games. That's how it was. And so a lot of guys got knocked off a routine. I'll tell you what helped Bruce Arians and Brady out a lot. The unfamiliar understanding of one another had to create a routine, didn't it? Bruce has been set in his ways as a coach for decades. Brady has been set in his way for decades. They collided in Tampa during a pandemic. So what had to happen? You're just not going to punch your way of doing things and your routine down the player's throat because things were different last year. So those guys had to evolve a game plan. Those guys had to create an environment that they could both coexist in. Remember earlier in the year, Brady had trouble when it came to turning football over. I mean, he was throwing plus 25-yard uh, plays, and he was having turnovers. There'd be times when he was just heaving the football up. I get it. No risk it, no biscuit. That's what Bruce lives by. But Brady's never been that guy. 
he was never that quarterback. One couple of years maybe with Moss where he was throwing it up and Moss would go get it. I mean, he that was the best time during Brady's entire career that he had somebody like a Mike Evans where somebody could just go get it. Let me throw it up and let him just go get it. Athletic, tall, fought for the football. I personally think sometimes Mike Evans takes some plays off, but he's not quite as bad as Randy Moss if the play's not going his way. Mike will block a little bit. But Brady and him had to come up with a routine. So this year is going to be an even different routine than it was last year. Pandemic's still in there. But now what you have to do is this. Okay, now you know the strengths and weaknesses of every guy that you play in your locker room with, right? You saw what they're capable and not capable of doing. When you saw Leonard Fournette, what was the takeaway from Leonard Fournette's year last year? He struggled on learning the playbook. He wasn't really part of the offensive attack once he came over from Jacksonville. Remember something, too. Here was a guy that had like, what was it? Had like nearly 80 or 90 catches the year previous in Jacksonville. Had 1,200 yards rushing. Leonard Fournette out of LSU put a lot of big numbers up in Jacksonville. But when he got to, when he got to Tampa Bay, he's a fish out of water. He didn't understand the playbook. And he didn't know what they were asking him to do. It took him the entire year to get into the playoffs where he became, you know, playoff uh, Fournette. He was a beast. He ran the football well. The old line stepped their game up. Brady wasn't exceptional in the Super Bowl. He wasn't exceptional. The people around him became exceptional because of why? The routine that they were in, people started understanding more and more and more and more and more what they were being asked to do. Now you put preseason football, you put training camp. This is what I think they have to do moving forward if they're going to win another Super Bowl this year, obviously. And the most important thing is you got to keep TB12 upright. I don't care what the what the expense is at that, keeping tight ends in, running backs in. You got to keep a 44-year-old guy in the back of his jersey clean. You can't let that guy get hit, and you can't let him get hit early. And what traditionally happens early in the year? Offensive linemen not on the same page. Now they're bringing the group back, which is phenomenal. They're bringing the old coordinator back, Byron Leftwich, which is phenomenal. But you guys have to keep that guy upright. That's your number one priority. I don't really care. They could be 10 and 7. That football team just has to get to the postseason. They get to the postseason, Brady can win it, no matter what the record is. Their objective is not to win the NFC South. Now, look, you want to win the NFC South. Why? Because obviously, you know, if you have a great record, you get home field advantage throughout. Be great if you were able to play every home game. Get this play every playoff game since the Super Bowl at Raymond James until you have to go to Los Angeles to play the Super Bowl, right? Well, that's exactly what they're hoping for. Win the NFC South, again, a priority, but this is about getting to the second season. They're not exceptionally deep at certain positions like O line. You can't lose guys in your O line. The Buccaneers, that would be a tragedy if they lost in the O-line. So what do you do to prevent that? Quick screens, three-step drops, moving, making, again, keeping your guys healthy is going to be a priority for the first eight games for the Bucs. You know, when you bring everybody back and you're paying big money like that for all of your players, hey, where does it take its toll? Special teams in depth. You know, everyone's looking at the Buccaneers right now and going like this. Hey, the Bucs got the team. The Bucs look like the team to beat, and they got everybody back. Yeah, okay. But again, war of attrition becomes a factor when you're trying to repeat and play for a Super Bowl. So health. I will say this also about Antonio Brown. So Bruce Arians came out today after Buck practice, and I, you know, I'm really – Fortunate the Buccaneers send me a lot of like, you know, interview stuff. 
and they send it to my cell phone and I get a bunch of sound bites, sound bites that pretty much sometimes aren't out there for the public to see. And, you know, they just cut a couple things up and they go, Hey, sales, check this out. So Antonio Brown was brought up to Bruce Arians today. And he said, man, it's best shape he's been in. You know, last year he was coming off an injury. Last year he was coming off personal issues. He's just been fabulous. He looks like A.B. of old. You know, get this. A.B., I think, had 458 yards last year in eight games. And he had four touchdowns. If if you take that over 16 games, he's almost at 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns and 90 catches. Just with those numbers and not being 100. Did you hear what I said? 90 catches. If Antonio Brown had played last year for the Bucs, he'd have had 90 catches. Coming off all that trouble, all those issues, an injury, and now Arians is saying he's healthy. Antonio Brown was on his way to Canton, and then he lost his way to Canton. Now, Antonio Brown has a chance to play himself back into Canton. There have been very few wide receivers, and I would say this to you, like six feet and under guys, remember they found, the Steelers found this guy, I think, in the fifth round. If I'm not mistaken, I think they found him in the fifth round, something like that. And Antonio Brown has a chance now to to get himself back into a conversation. You win another Super Bowl, you've got two Super Bowl championship rings, plus what you did in Pittsburgh, and you start putting that up against some of the other top wideouts in the history of the sport, you're going to get a couple knocks potentially on the door from David Baker that say, you know what? You may get a gold jacket here. You're now getting a chance to, and it doesn't usually happen, play yourself back in. You know the only other, and again, I know the situations are completely different. Okay, but behavior was an issue. Remember that whole stuff that happened with Kobe in Colorado? Kobe was a Hall of Fame guy. I get it. But, man, people did not really think too much of Kobe Bryant after that whole stuff. Kobe played himself back into the public limelight in a good way, his daughter and all that. When Kobe left this earth, people had a great respect for Kobe. I did. Okay? I truly did. Kobe had turned his life completely around. And Kobe had won us all back. I think it's one of the greatest damage control projects I've ever seen. Mike Tyson could never do it. You know, actually, Tyson, in his post-career here, in his post-retirement here, has actually been somebody more redeeming that people have really had an identity to. And I even bought that thing that he had with Roy Jones Jr. I enjoyed it. But Antonio Brown, every single time that he sees Tom Brady, in my opinion, he should kiss his ass. He should just go up to him and thank him for going to Jason Light, the GM, and Bruce Arians for saving his life. With a guy like that, football is life. Remember what Arians said at the beginning of last year? Not me. I don't need that kid. He knew him from Pittsburgh. He No way. He wanted nothing to do with him. Jason Light and the Buccaneers were like, no, you know, we're pretty set at wide out. And they were set at wide out. Goodwin and, um, you know, Evans, Gronk. I mean, they're set. They didn't need him. Brady wanted him. So Brady goes to the GM and goes, he'll, he'll, he'll live with me. And he'll lock her next to me. And we'll take this to another level here. And I'll show you what I'm talking about. This guy can make plays. He was a factor for them down the stretch, I thought. Not like he was a couple years ago. But, man, if I'm Antonio Brown, I look at him and I just I, I just marvel at the fact that here's a guy that was able to change his life around because Tom Brady put all his faith in the kid. And the kid ended up coming through for him. Make no mistake about it. He just absolutely did everything right last year. 
And now you're talking about a guy that has maybe played himself back into an opportunity to get to a Super Bowl. All right. I want to talk about Lamar Jackson. Look, I, I, I think he is also one of the guys that are going to be next up when it comes to a contract extension. I think the Ravens, are they a contending football team? There's so many things to like about the Baltimore Ravens. We'll hit on them next. You keep it here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Her people never learn. Dan Cilio, no, not me. Well, maybe me. National Football Show. I just got a text message. My boy Aubrey Huff got knocked off of Twitter. They suspended his account. Not even going to get into it. Why? Because you know why? 90% of you don't care. But it's a lesson. If you know people are looking for these bullseyes, And this goes into professional athletes, too. You know, Jordan was so right back in the day. And I criticized Jordan for not saying enough things. And, you know, what was his famous line? Republicans buy sneakers, too, right? Him and and Tiger know how to move, you know, merchandise. LeBron never figured it out. He thinks... Being a political activist is helping him. When you are a brand, um, Exxon, Apple, 
you are a consumer company. When you are in broadcasting, you are a consumer company. You're trying to get people to watch you, listen to you, click on you, do everything you possibly can. Today's broadcasting, today's businesses, being somebody that's out there and being a maniac just so that you can get somebody to respond to you is not the way to do it. Athletes nowadays, they don't, I think they need to go back to the days of Michael Jordan. You know, it's funny. People would say this to me because somebody said it to me the other day on my national radio show. They were doing this. So what, you want them just to shut up and dribble? No, I want you to shut up and be smart. Talking about, watch this, vaccines, um, anti or for, it's going to get you busted. It's going to get you busted. That's why when I talk about them, I'm talking them about them from a story now. I'm not giving you my, my, my personal opinion on it because you know why? It doesn't matter. Do you know how many people barely come to me for sports? You're not going to come to an ex-football player looking for me to go, hey, you know what? You should get vaccinated and, you know, it's in your family's best interest. You know what I do on weekends? I fill water bottles up for my wife's rugby team. That's what I do. And I put strawberries in a bag. You're going to listen to me or listen to any of these hammerheads that are on social media or the ex-athlete or the news guy. You'd be shocked at what some of their backgrounds are. Some of these guys got – some of these guys – most of these guys didn't even go to college. Hey, man, but I'm telling you, the vaccination – and you're like this. My guy Krause's right. Nobody cares. So when you're throwing that stuff at social media, great. You know what you did? You were a star for a day. Good night. Take all your platforms away from me, and before you know it, guess what? It's over. And, and, and think about this for a second, too. I'm talking just to you out there. So, like, when you go to get a job, hey, how come you're, um, you're suspended from social media? What were you saying? Were you saying something about the vaccinations? Are you, yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah, well, that's not going to cut it for my company. Oh. You open yourself up for all that. Who do you think you are, LeBron James? LeBron James has got FU money. Aaron Rodgers has got FU money. It's funny because people on the internet, like old Dan, used to think, well, you know what? Charles Barkley said it. Charles Barkley's worth $25 million. Charles Barkley, if he gets fired from a job, it's okay. Aubrey Huff, he gets kicked off of Twitter. Or he's no longer on Spotify. That guy made $75 million in his baseball career. The people on Twitter are the ones that go, oh, well, he said it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. How's that working for you? It's funny, you know, I, I used to go on Twitter and put all these crazy things out there where, you know, I attack coaches badly. And I attacked one of the coaches, Al Golden. It's funny, I was broadcasting live in South Florida. And we were the flagship station of my hurricane team. I said, this guy sucks. This guy sucks. He's going to drive the program into the toilet. And sure enough, man, get this. I end up getting fired because we were the flagship. Whatever. My wife comes to me and she goes, hey, congratulations to you. You're a really, really great take on, um, on Al Golden. Phenomenal take on Al Golden. I'm going like, yeah, yeah. She's like, are you, are you, are you employed? Oh, uh, no. Oh, so you were right, but wrong. And now you don't have a job. Congratulations to you. Boy, I bet that conviction really puts a lot of food on the dinner table now, doesn't it? These guys today, man, that go on to social media and try to make jackasses themselves. Every time that I go on, like I was talking about the Olympics coming up in a couple months. I think it's a quite fair question. You know, what, what are people going to do in Beijing? Are we going to go? Or are we not going to go? You know, the, the ratings for the Olympics were awful. And by the way, I don't think it had anything to do with woke. I just think it's the way that they're packaged today and the time difference and the stupid events that they had us watch. NBC was a terrible job by them. You know, NBC still made a billion dollars, believe it or not. They still made their money. But you know what? Compared to Rio and some of the other Olympic games that I've seen in the past because there were no fans, 
You know, did, I never saw Japan. You know, I never saw Tokyo. They were just showing me the events. They never showed me, like, remember when we used to always see those beautiful shots from Athens? Or we saw those shots from uh, Rio? Everybody, or Barcelona? We were all going like this. Wow, man, this is beautiful stuff. Chamber of Commerce. There just wasn't a buzz about it. Had nothing to do with woke stuff. I, you know, as a matter of fact, I didn't really see it, that much protest. I didn't really see that much of it because I don't think NBC put that in really to too many of the um, events and the coverage of the events. I didn't see it. I just thought I couldn't find it. It was on USA or NBC. And I just thought the time differences, you know, because you can go on Twitter and you could find out what happened. It kind of ruined the buzz. And you were all doing this. I don't know. I mean, yeah, because you know, you know what you get all the time. You get people on Twitter going, oh, you see the woke have killed the Olympic Games. Not really. I don't think it had anything to do with protesting and, and people's politics. I don't think it had anything to do with that. I just think it was poorly, poorly produced. And what I mean by that is these some of those sports we were watching, I was doing this. What the hell is this? <laughs> I don't care to watch it. Megan Rubino taking a knee. Who cares? They got the bronze anyway. Who cares? I mean, really, you know? Anyway, all right. So, Lamar Jackson. There's a lot of conversation going around the Ravens organization on what it's going to take to sign the kid. And, you know, you do have people in the media right now in Baltimore that are doing this, you know, because of what happened in the last two years with the vaccinations. Are they trying to put that against him? The organization is not using any of that against him. Last year, remember, he missed the game. This year, he missed a little time because he came down with it again. And he was asked a question about the vaccinations. And what did he say? He says, I'm a little iffy on it right now personal decision that is not affecting how the Ravens are looking at whether or not on the years, how much money and how many years they're going to give Lamar Jackson. Do you know he's won 80% of his football games? And do you know that in that process that he's 10 and five versus winning teams? which means he wins against big teams. This guy wins ball games. Lamar wins. I mean, and, and, and know this, he's another one of those Josh Allen guys. Earlier in the show, I said this to you about Josh Allen. This is the best coaching Josh Allen has ever gotten. I mean, when he was at Wyoming, you know the current head football coach there right now? He's got an under 500 record. No disrespect to the program, but how much good coaching can you feasibly be getting from a coach in the Mountain West at Wyoming, and they're not very good? He gets the Buffalo. He's got Sean McDermott. He's got Ken Dorsey. He's got all these people around him, and they're teaching him how to be a quarterback. Fast forward that. Think of this. Do you know who... Um, Lamar Jackson had in college, Lamar Jackson, his last two coaches have been Bobby Petrino and now John Harbaugh. Bobby Petrino is a weirdo, and he is uh, a guy that you could question a little bit when it comes to his character. Make no mistake about that. How he left Atlanta, how he did all that stuff when he was at Arkansas. I mean, no question about it. You could question his character, but when it comes to moving the sticks and it comes to developing players at that position, Bobby Petrino's a brilliant dude. He knows how to win ball games, and he's an outstanding play-calling head coach. That's why he was hired by Arthur Blank in Atlanta. It wasn't because this guy was some super dude. It was because this guy knows how to move the sticks. He's a great play-calling guy. So Lamar's had these two guys. As he and when he got there, he was not a highly recruited kid. You know, it's funny. We, we were talking about that. Look at the guys that are going to be the three highest paid players in the NFL. And Baker Mayfield's not going to be in that conversation. Lamar Jackson, Louisville. Patrick Mahomes, Texas Tech. 
Josh Allen, um, you know, Wyoming. Hey, throw Dak in there. Mississippi State. These are not high-powered offenses in college. Okay? Baker Mayfield was the guy that probably benefited the most because he had Lincoln Riley and Norman. I mean, he's getting great coaching. So the numbers that people are saying, they're looking at a potential deal like Dak Prescott. Do you put down a deal where you're guaranteeing $100 million for Lamar Jackson with the style of play that he plays? Is he a guy that has been a great representative for the city of Baltimore? He checks all the boxes when you're looking at him. I think he's the most electric quarterback in the game. I didn't say he's the best quarterback in the game. I said he's the most electric. And when you see this guy and you see him on a football field, the only deficiency that I say that he has is that he struggles when you get a lead on him. So that's going to come down to the organization doing what? The next move for the Ravens, you need to get a big-time running back. When they had Mark Ingram in the backfield, and they were able to have a dual-set 1,000-yard rushing tandem back there, the year they won all those games, I think they won 15 ball games. If I'm not, I don't, I don't know if they went 15 and one or 14 and two, or something like that. That they ended up going 14 and two. I think Mark Ingram was a thousand yard rusher, the former Heisman Trophy running back out of Alabama. A guy like Najee Harris would have been a bitch in that backfield with Lamar. I'm a fan of where they're going here with this. So to me. Um, I sign him and I try to get a deal on the table prior to the start of the 2021 season. To me, I think without a question, I think that's where Baltimore goes. And I want that guy to be the face of my franchise over the next couple of years. All right. You know, last couple of days we were talking about FSU and Miami because of the passing of Bobby Bowden. And I've been getting a lot of response on my Twitter page, at Dan Silio Show, I posted something. I, I want to read this thing to you. And this is one of the coolest things. And I've been getting a ton of reaction. And Bobby said this. He said this. Um, he, he said this, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think he said this to the Sentinel about six years ago. As good as we are, we didn't win the national championship until 1983, mainly because we kept losing to Miami on missed kicks. I used to get mad because nobody else would play play Miami. Notre Dame would play them, then drop them. Florida dropped them, then Penn State dropped them. We would play Miami and lose by one point, miss a field goal, and it would knock us out of a shot of a national championship. I didn't want to play Miami, and I didn't want to play them either, but I had to play them. That's why I said when I die, they'll all say at least I played Miami. Coach Bowden was a gentleman. Coach Bowden was a guy that for will ever be remembered by every single player at the University of Miami because he made that FSU-Miami game what it is today. It's not quite what it was back in the 90s and early 2000s. But make no mistake about it, that coach there was the prime reason that that rivalry is considered one of the greatest and most televised rivalries. And all those phenomenal players that played in that rivalry owe a debt of gratitude to Coach Bowden. All right, Krause, great stuff. Cal, thank you very much. Big Joe, we appreciate it. By the way, if you missed any of the show, go over to the Jacob Media Channel, National Football Show, and you can like it, share it, watch it a little bit later on. Charlie Ward was on in the last hour. Till tomorrow, 4 to 6 Eastern. Catch you on the flip side. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live 
live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hero.co. 